0: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Years. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton.
1: He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Thai National Sports Day, Joseph. By the way, when I embarked on this venture, I was worried that there might be certain days where there wasn't a thing. Every single day of the year, I have options. I have choices. I decided to go with Thailand's National Sports Day. It's a thing.
0: Do you remember the other choices?
1: I don't, but this was definitely the best one
0: definitely the best one welcome my babies it's episode 202 but we are continuing our streak of having mega huge hollywood stars on our show because this week we are joined by hollywood home game and voiceover legend hank azaria also coming up on today's show uh home games i've got another hand history for you guys from the club quarantine home game can i still call it a hollywood home game if i don't live in hollywood anymore
1: more importantly can you still call it a hand history if it's just a thinly veiled bad beat anecdote Um, No, this is a thinly veiled brag oh love it love it look forward to the big switcheroo later in the show um bear in mind joe that anyone outside of the state of california LA and Hollywood are pretty much interchangeable, so run with it, run with it. Perfect, great. Uh, There's
0: also some real poker coming up on the horizon. The Blowout series starts just after Christmas, and we are going to give you a few of the details a little bit later in the show. Uh, This week's superfan is Paul Andrews. He is testing my knowledge of the TV show, Person of Interest, but I'm (laughs) going to be honest, that knowledge is pretty much zero.
1: Well, let's just segue hard then into a TV show that I know you watch. And there was a great moment this week where I watched the latest episode of The Mandalorian and there was a line in it where I'm like, I have to message Joe. And then I realized he might not have seen it yet because of the time difference. So I'm going to leave it. And then a few hours later, about six hours later, when Joe watched the episode, he immediately texted me the line. I knew you'd love the office space reference in the latest episode of the show.
0: Why, though? Like, I did love it, but why? Like, why take us out of it? First of all, Bill Burr being in the Star Wars universe is distracting enough. enough. It's very distracting. I don't love it. I like him. He's a pretty good actor. The character's good, but I can't help but going, this is Bill Burr. Like, when is he going to go on a rant about Wookiees? Right? Like, (laughs) come on, he's fucking Wookiees. Like, they're all uh, hairy and shit. Like, it's so weird (laughs) And then they they do a line, I got to go home and do my TPS TPS reports. reports? (laughs) Like, I don't, like, they have to, it had to be intentional, right? You can't not know.
1: Oh, I thought it was great. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I thought it was a really, really fun episode. It's just, every week, this show is just an absolute delight. And all they need to do is just keep pressing those nerd buttons and long may it continue.
0: I mean, I guess with Star Wars, they'll never run out of nerd buttons, the press, but okay. So I always need to go to James to like explain to me what I just saw in star Wars. That's that. Wait, this is a big spoiler. If you haven't watched it yet,
1: that's Boba Fett, right? Yeah. I mean, it was hinted at in the first season. First of all, Dave Filoni, who is the co-executive producer with John Favreau on this show was the driving force behind the clone wars animated series and star Wars rebels. And Thaloney already corrected one of George Lucas's biggest mistakes, which was to create this really cool Sith character called Darth Maul and then kill him off at the end of the first movie. So he was resurrected by Filoni in Clone Wars and effectively Maul was chopped in half but didn't die and then spends the rest of his life on bionic legs. And he's done the same thing here. Boba Fett, one of the best-loved characters from the franchise, killed off like a punk by falling into the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. And I think in the expanded universe, which is now known as Star Wars Legends, he survived and came back. When there was the episode set on Tatooine in season one of The Mandalorian, when Fennec Shand is left dying, a character with spurs approaches and it's the same noise that Boba Fett makes when he walks in the original movies and then of course we had the first episode where um, Timothy Oliphant's character had Boba Fett's armor and then we see Boba Fett on the horizon like following the Mandalorian when he picks up the armor because we know that Tamura Morrison right, was, was the face of um, the, all of the clones but the fact that he's the clone's aged really, really quickly, and he's kind of of normal age. We guess well that has to be the unaltered clone that Django Fett gave birth to. That has to be Boba, and he's shown up since, now wearing the armor, still flying around in Slave One, and I am all about it.
0: Can I ask you a question about Slave One? Yeah. Do when it rotates? Does the chair also not rotate? Like, do or do they fly around?
1: I- I, I honestly don't it. know, but again, I just <laughs> I just loved seeing inside the ship. I didn't know it could seat more than one person. I thought it was just Boba Fett and a chunk of ice in the back. But no, it seems that you can actually have multiple passengers on board. Um Something I'm not all about, and Joe, I know we touched on this already when we did the Sunday Million live stream on Monday, so I'm not going to bang on about this too much, but Cyberpunk 2077, anyone who's into video games, anyone who's been across social media will know it's been a massive disappointment on consoles, and the games makers have acknowledged that, and I took the decision, since we had that chat on Monday, I'm parking it. I've decided that... I want to have the best possible game playing experience. I want it to be as good visually as it can be on console. I'm going to wait for the various patches and hotfixes that are going to be coming through in the following weeks and months. I may even wait until they've done the update, which means it will be optimised for the next-gen consoles, for the Series X and the PS5. I just think the game is probably too good for me to get annoyed about screen freezes and having to redo missions because there are glitches in them. Um, I just I want to enjoy it, and at the moment, I'm not enjoying it. Do you
0: understand that every single game I buy, I download it? You know, you put the disc in, you wait yeah. hours for it to download, yeah. I play it for a half hour, and then I park it forever, and now this is going to happen. I was dedicated. I was going to play this. And now the same thing's going to happen because, you know, whenever they fix it, there's going to be a different, better game that everybody's playing.
1: You know, I mean, I waited near enough five years to play The Witcher 3, and it was worth the wait, quite frankly. So I will happily wait for this to be right and be the game that it should be. Uh, In the meantime, it's back to Madden Ultimate Team. But, you know, I like stories with narrative. I like. You know, action role players. I like open world games, so I just did this kind of search. Like, okay, what what has come out recently that I could play? And yeah. I'm not a PS5 owner, so the Spider Man game is not an option. So there's a game that came out optimized for the Series X uh, called Yakuza. It's the latest movie in the Yakuza series, and I watched the trailer for it. And what I like is it's got a healthy tongue-in-cheek sense of humor about it seems quite quirky so i'm gonna give that a go because i need something a bit meatier than just playing endless nfl games with my fantasy team i can do that kind of every now and then and also races on dirt 5 you're absolutely right once you've seen it and gone oh these graphics are amazing you forget you even own the game so that's going to be the direction i go in as far as video games are concerned
0: i'm still playing uh call of duty zombies it's double double uh, xp weekend And now I understand why people are like, yo, sorry, bro. I can't hang out. Like I got to get my double XP because it really does save you a lot of time and up whatever.
1: Yeah. Look, Hey, look, I I'm the same thing. EA games are masterful with the way in which they award coins and training points and all the stuff that you get with Madden. So the incentive is there to make sure I play through all my solo battles by Sunday or complete those challenges within the allotted time frame. It's, they design these, these things this way for a reason.
0: All right, so I got a funny story about almost lighting money on fire, although it's not my fault this time. <laughs> Even though it sounds ludicrous, I have a voiceover agent where I do auditions all the time for commercials. James has accidentally heard them before. There was one time I was uh, live on our like open production channel trying to get this uh, commercial, and I finally booked a sneaker spot. Uh, for a running shoe.
1: Okay. I was going to say, getting voiceover work at this particular point in time isn't exactly ideal, right? I mean, you know, unless they're going for that kind of gruff Marlboro Man approach.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it's weird. Um, My voice wasn't quite this bad when it happened, but yeah, they wanted something with a lot of gravitas. They wanted, like, this shoe is different.
1: Something like that. Okay, okay.
0: And... But, James, you're kind of you're kind of getting to the point, which is that i I have this Zoom call. We record the so commercial so
1: you did the audition, and they booked you for the job. They booked
0: me, and then we recorded the commercial. We did all these takes and yada, yada. And then a week later, my manager, my agent comes to me, and she's like, "Oh, they decided not to use your voice. <laughs> they used the editor who did the scratch track. They send you like,
1: Of course. An example. So the editor would lay down just like a temporary track that they can cut to, and then that will be replaced. But they just went with the the, the scratch track. They just went with the editor and they tried not to pay me. No, you can't do that. You still have to be paid for the work, right? Yeah. They tried not to not pay me, but
0: to pay me less than what they told me they were going to pay me. My agent was like... No fucking way. And this fucking company sent me through the ringer. I had to send them so many documents, paperwork, fill this out, fill that. The most paperwork I've ever had to fill out to get paid. But I did get paid, and I did book my first VO job. So I'm still celebrating.
1: Very, very happy. Unfortunately, I guess no residuals from that one.
0: Um, no, I'm non-union anyway, so oh. I never get residuals. A couple of things I watched this week. Yep. I watch a documentary called The Phenomenon, which is uh, supposedly about like UFO landings and the fact that the government knows and all this. Fucking boring. Don't watch it. (laughs) There's like absolutely. I thought you were going to
1: say fucking amazing. Blew my mind. Outstanding. Strongly recommended. Nope. Nope. That's the very reverse of a recommendation. And
0: there was a typo in one of the subtitles. I was like,
1: oh, no, 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 no.
0: Uh, Kept up with Christmas movies. I watched. One of these ones that people debate, is it a Christmas movie? And yes, it is.
1: Gremlins? Definitely a Christmas movie. How, how is there any debate about Gremlins being a Christmas movie? It's set at Christmas. And there's so much Christmas stuff in there. The whole thing with no Phoebe debate. Cates, why she hates Christmas. Yes. It's, it's a blooming Christmas movie.
0: I remember this movie being one, like, I showed my girlfriend. I was like, this is one, if you've never seen classic Christmas movies, we got to watch this. It was so much better than I remembered it.
1: It's a really fun film. Again, it's very... It's fucking hilarious. It's so... If you treat it as a tongue-in-cheek dark comedy, it's awesome.
0: It's so funny. Like, the gremlins are scary at first, right? And then all of a sudden, they start wearing clothes and singing and dancing.
1: I know. But also, Billy's neighbor, what's his name? The guy with the snowplow, Mr. 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 Futterman. He was MAGA (laughs) before MAGA, right?
0: That's right. He's like, ah, the damn, These... <laughs> he thought the gremlins were Chinese. Well, they were, I guess, technically came from a shop in Chinatown, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Love gremlins. And I watched, uh, in, in anticipation of um, Hank coming on the show, I watched a ton of Brockmire. Oh. I fucking love that show. It's really, really fun.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that this character that just started doing shorts now has their full series. But look, you know what? We'll talk about that more when Hank's on yeah. the show. Um. Obviously, Christmas is coming, Joe. This is yes. our last podcast before the festivities, before the holiday season. Um, but that doesn't mean, as we hinted last week, that we will be going on holiday because we, ladies and gentlemen, are going to have a blowout.
0: This sounds a lot like the song they use for Bioshock. In <laughs> fact
1: new really- end of year series ladies and gentlemen replacing the winter series and it starts on the 27th of december two days after christmas so joe i think this is acknowledging that 2020 wasn't great all things considered 2020 was a bit shit. so we're seeing the year off with a bang and the idea of the blowout yeah. series is a l- online tournament series with nearly 100 events with the usual structure of the low medium and high buy-ins, and $60 million guaranteed given away across the series. And in addition, in addition to the guarantees, literally millions of dollars of tickets being given away in the run-up to the series starting. Now, our focus, again, something we talked about on the live stream on Monday, The marquee events are what they're calling the big blowouts. So instead of the Sunday million for the next four weeks, you're going to have a big blowout on a Sunday, starting at the same time when the Sunday million would normally start. And instead of it being a $1 million guaranteed event, the big blowouts are going to have a $5 million guarantee, all four of them. And they're ratcheted. So the buy-in goes up week on week. That means the first big blowout, On the first weekend of the series, the first day of the series, the 27th of December, is going to be a $109 buy-in event with a $5 million guarantee, which is extraordinary. And I would say the same, actually, of the following week when it's a $215 buy-in with a 5 million guarantee even a 5.30 with a 2 million guarantee even a 1k the final week of the series with a 5 mil guarantee is pretty impressive and as far as our streams are concerned that will be our primary focus if the big blowouts start on a Sunday they kind of cut through the field on a Monday and then play down to winner on the Tuesday so Mondays and Tuesdays are going to be when we are live and the great nice. thing is on the okay. Mondays in addition to following the late stages of the big blowout events there are also going to be some high rollers we're going to be following the first weekend kicking off on Sunday the 27th as a 5k high roller so Monday the 28th our first live stream we'll do the final table of that The following week, there's a 5K PKO. So on the following Monday, we'll do the final table of that one. And then the next week, there's a 10K high roller. And again, we'll stream the final table. So high rollers, big blowouts, two days a week for four total weeks. And that starts on Monday, the 28th of December. So not long to wait. We don't get much of a break. Uh, That's the best way to look at it. Monday, Tuesday, every week of the series, usual broadcast time, which is one thirty Eastern, six thirty PM UK time, seven thirty PM Central European Time, and the usual broadcast channels, Twitch and YouTube, and the usual lineup. So, in addition to Joe and myself, uh, Nick Walsh, who is with us on the Sunday Million Stream on Monday, Griffin Benger, Sam Grafton, Maria Ho. You guys know what to expect. I will say that we are going to throw in a few extras, a few little surprises, a few little delights in these streams which i hope you'll enjoy and find entertaining and you know i hope that this series is going to be a success i hope it'll go down well i hope it'll be popular i would say joe that with all of the big guarantees and the ticket giveaways i think people are going to be lapping it up
0: yeah it sounds like a great way to close out the year and boy oh boy do we want to close out the year
1: yeah. Oh, one other event which is not going to be streamed, but I should mention, is on New Year's Day, there's an event called the New Year's Bash, which is an $11 buy-in with a $2 million guarantee. So that's a pretty big deal as well. Um, there is a lot of other fun stuff happening around the Christmas and New Year holidays, and we are hoping... That very soon you will get to see the celebrity game featuring Michael Serra that we talked about on last week's podcast. I'm pleased to say that the man who put that game together is the guest on this week's podcast. We are thrilled to welcome Hank Azaria to the Poker in the Airs podcast. Hank, thank you so much for sparing the time to come on the show today. You're very welcome. I'm glad you're appreciative because this is a
2: tremendous inconvenience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. I want to get to your poker history in a second, but um, as a voiceover guy, mostly have you been working from home for a long time before all this?
2: No, I I thought about building a little studio, but they're quite expensive and I really only record the Simpsons. Um, I don't like do a lot of other voiceovers, but since the pandemic, They've sent all this equipment to our house and and now it's, uh, uh, fortunately for me, even easier than pre-pandemic, which I didn't think was possible, but <laughs> it's
1: happened. So before COVID, you were still recording the show, like you had to go into a studio to record.
2: Yeah, I moved to New York six years ago. So I there's a couple of studios I record uh, in New York, but
1: I've recorded from all over the world in the yeah. last 30 years. Yeah, it's not I- so hard. I guess people still have that vision, right, of all of the cast in one room all bouncing off each other and not realizing that the magic of TV, that, you know, everyone's recording their own segments, I guess, for multiple episodes at different times. They prefer, uh, for the
2: most part, the cast is all together in L.A., but it's not necessary. Yeah. And uh, some people really prefer that. Some, like, I know Family Guy records all separately. I probably most shows record that folks record separately. But some people like to have them all together.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we'll have to talk about poker at some point. So might as well start now. <laughs> um, I know we've talked about this before, but it'll be news to our podcast. Can you tell us, can you take us through your poker origin story? And also, I haven't really grilled you, just to warn you. I haven't grilled you that much on the past to name names. But as you go through the various incarnations of your home game, I may, I may press you a little bit more for the folks that have made. Just on who
2: attended? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I never played growing up. I remember I was about 25 years old. So we're talking about 31 years ago. And I had a breakup. Girl dumped me and I was real sad. And I was like, Yeah, I need to do male bonding things. Uh, poker, right? People do that, right? And so we, I started, that's when my game started. And we just I literally had Richard kind. There's the first name I'll drop. Wonderful character actor, very old friend of mine. He knew how to play. Most of us didn't. He like taught a bunch of us to play. And we played, uh, you know, like, like a lot of home games, right. A lot of stupid wild card games. Um, the deal would pass and we'd play baseball or, uh, you know, whatever silly games we played. Um, and that the game was like that for years, uh, Matthew Perry was one of the first guys in that game. He was a really good friend of mine. We'd play here at Matthew's house or my house. And uh, about 10 or 15 of us became really close friends. It's funny, a few years into that, a buddy of mine who is, he, I don't think you know his name, is a talented Hollywood writer. He was playing the game. He said, you know, you guys are my uh, best friends. I'm like, we're your best friends? We're your poker buddies. He's like, well, think about it. I see you guys once a week. I don't who else do I see once a week. <laughs> I mean, besides people I have to work with. And that became true over the years. We realized, like, wow, these are actually – these are our closest friends. Um, And then about 20 – when the poker craze really hit, like, what was that, like 20 years ago about? Near enough, yeah. 2003. Josh Molina, who's another really talented actor who you may or may not know, played in the game consistently. He he was a real player. He played a lot of No Limit Hold'em, and he was always trying to get us to – Play no limit hold'em, and we were um, uh, we found it boring. He's like, well, you have to keep playing. You can't can't play one hand of no limit hold'em. You have to play like at least an hour (laughs) or three of it, which you never wanted to do. By that point, we were serious about seven stud. Like the game had had um, had uh, 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 what's evolved from just stupid wild card games to mostly a real game of seven stud. And then uh, when the poker craze hit, we all took No Limit Hold'em uh, seriously. And uh, as far as along the way, um, who played consistently in the game, people that you'd know...
0: Can I ask you about the... the When you say you play with Matthew Perry, this is... Um, you guys had made it already. This is when you were struggling
2: actors. This no, is when- we were... No, this was way before Friends. I was doing The Simpsons, but I was... I was only like the Simpsons is only three or four years old. maybe. So none of us had really made it per se. No. It was all That's
0: awesome. That. And then everybody, yeah, you know, I guess Richard had probably been fairly well known at that point. Um, but so you guys were all in this game and then slowly becoming like a thing in Hollywood. That must've been something to witness.
2: I guess it was like the frog in the water though. It was it happened. So gradually nobody uh, really noticed it. Um, you know, the day Matthew got that was a big deal. Matthew getting friends. That was about as close as anybody had of skyrocketing the fame, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we were just, you know, you, I, we, it's such a slog, Hollywood. It's just day in and day out. It's like anything else. It's a grind, you know? So, um, we were all at it for many, many years before we got quote unquote breaks, you know?
1: And as far as the evolution of the game is concerned, Hank, at what point, because, you know, it it starts for the reason that most games start, right? It's a a social activity. It's a bit of fun. At what point, though, did you feel there were some people maybe taking it more seriously than others? Or let's put it this way, that there were people who clearly were showing that they were more adept at the game than others. Uh, Once we started
2: playing No Limit Hold'em, then people would start taking it a little bit more seriously, And I would say everybody in the game, like the dozen to dozen and a half people in the game at some point, what would happen is you'd have a a, um, half a year where you're just ass kept getting handed to you in the game, (laughs) which is no fun even for a social game. So then people would either start going to clubs, read some books, pay for lessons, all of the above. Um, And and everybody kind of caught up to each other in the end. Uh, But there was definitely everybody had one or two or three real growth spurts with the game where they, where they took it seriously.
0: And did you guys go through growth spurts um, stakes wise? The game has it fluctuated over the years. What stakes you play for?
2: Not really. We've always played at least once we started playing no limit, it's always been a five ten game with a thousand dollar buy-in for a while. I, uh, post my divorce when I was running a little wild in the streets I started like uh, playing higher stakes and, and 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 trying out different games in la really before um, I really was ready to part of what made me realize that I needed to go and and, and improve my game was was having some bad nights in those games um, and then it's funny once I got a little more consistent and and knew what I was doing a little more, I kind of had no desire to play at those crazy big stakes, partly because I knew that unless I was going to really commit to these games where I was going to consistently play in them, um, I shouldn't be playing in them. And I didn't really want to tolerate those kind of crazy swings that one would have to tolerate, even if you're playing well. I didn't really want to drop a few hundred thousand dollars uh, in a month so that I could come back and and win that money back. I really, I wasn't, I didn't want to do that.
1: Well, that's that's the crazy thing because that story did not go in the direction I thought it was going to go in. When you started off with, after I got divorced, I thought that was going to be moving down in the stakes because that would make more (laughs) sense, right? (laughs) I guess
2: maybe if I wasn't lucky enough to have the Simpsons job where I was just getting this ridiculous paycheck every week, year in, year out, but it was like a new toy. And I, I sort of made the mistake early on of thinking that in order to be better or a real player, my stakes had to go up, you know? Um, and so I tried that and I, it was kind of fun and exciting, but, um, I learned that it wasn't really, um, what was necessary
0: socially was those were those bigger stakes games more fun than your regular game?
2: No, socially they were less fun. Uh it, they were crazier. There were more characters in them, but some of them were shadier um and uh, sure. uh no, people it was you more, wouldn't have at your house. <laughs> some I, were not and then some then for a while I, I had that was like a two, three year period I went through where then I would sort of host, besides my regular, lovely, more tame game, I would host bigger stakes games. Uh, and there were some nights I'm like, there's a bunch of strangers in my house playing for a lot of money. This is getting weird. <laughs> um, but you know, you know how it is. You
1: get down you go down
2: a road and you start exploring a
1: world and
2: that's what I was doing.
1: And you referenced already that you took the decision to move from the West coast to the East coast a few years ago. Um, I mean, how easy was it to get a new game going? Because suddenly that crowd you've been playing with for all those years, I guess, aren't going to be showing up every week.
2: Well, I sort of, I, I loved poker very much at this point. So, and I had, I had a place in New York starting even like 15 years ago. Right. So I had a New York game, uh, going that kind of then existed whether i was there or not so by the time I, I moved here permanently that game already kind of existed
1: okay
0: and i've gotten the runoff from a bunch of hanks other games and the games that i get involved in you mentioned josh molina josh is a, a very good friend of mine um we play together all the time now during quarantine we play online obviously we play over zoom uh but he's introduced me to a lot of your guys friends from back in the day and your game is legendary. Everybody has a story about playing in your home game. And I'm guessing the New York lineups kind of legendary too, right? You play with Brian Koppelman. Who are some of the other people that you regularly play with?
2: Well, lately we've had Michael Sarah play who I know is friend of yours as well. Who's gotten quite good in a short time. He's obviously a student of the game. Um, Don Cheadle comes in and out of our game. Uh, I'm trying to think other famous folks in the game in New York is much more as New York is much more finance world right, oriented. Right. Um, and some of those guys play with some famous guys in that world, like, like Lazeri and, and guys like that. Those guys play huge stakes. I don't, I don't enjoy playing at that high stakes. Um, but uh, uh, who else have we, I mean, you know, in LA, Kevin Pollock has his own game and he's coming in and out of my game uh, a lot. Um, we just had uh, on our poker thing, which that's a nice segue into the tease of, of Hank's home game that's going to be part of Poker Stars. Yeah. Uh, John Hamm has played a few times and he was in our first uh, Poker Stars game as well. Um, and uh, God, it's been so long since I've played in LA that I'm forgetting. <laughs> who, like, well, who the famous? I all my close friends from that game are not necessarily the famous guys.
1: It's like I've, I've wiped LA from my memory, yes, well, I, I, guess do, I don't want any of it in my brain anymore. <laughs> I would guess
0: you're in the grand, and I would guess a lot of the people who were in the grand must have
2: played in your game at they, one point. They another. did, absolutely did, yes. Um, uh, oh, well, remind me who was in the grand, I'll tell you whether they were in the
0: grand. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, Cheryl Hines, Woody Harrelson. Dave Cross, uh, I think yeah. Willie Garson might have been in the grand. Used well, we'll
2: to play a lot. In we've our already games. mentioned Richard
1: a Kind. Richard's Kind's of the
2: constant. Um, Paul Rudd has come in and out of the game. That's fun. Over the years, uh, uh, I'm definitely forgetting. You know, James L. Brooks is a, is a poker regular guy. who Created The Simpsons and and a lot of other things too. But. Um, and in some of the bigger, higher stakes games, you know, I played in LA, uh, only if, I, mean, I told McGuire, I played with consistently early on. Toby's a very, very good card player. I don't know if he still plays, but,
0: um, I would love to watch him play sometime because you know, there's Hollywood good
2: yeah. and there's professional poker player. Good. I think Toby could be a professional. I don't know if that's he,
0: what people say. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And he, and that was years ago. Like he was ahead of all that curve. Yeah. I've also never, he's, uh, he's perfectly lovely at the card table. Like I've only ever had a nice uh, time with him, but I've also never seen him let anybody off the hook ever. Yeah. He's like a, a complete killer poker instinct.
0: That's <laughs> the legend. Do you, do you have, um, poker aspirations at all? Do you want to win a bracelet? Do you want to win the main event? You don't care about any of that?
2: I mean, there was a while where I was, I've played in main events and if I, my son wasn't 11 and I wasn't, you know, such a daddy now, where I'm exhausted after 8 PM every night, I probably Fair. would go back <laughs> and maybe some, maybe when he's at college, I'll pick it up again. Um, I definitely enjoy being a student of the game and there was a long time where I preferred tournament, uh, to cash. Cause that's just what I played much more, um, and if I had time, I would definitely do that. I'm sure it will remain a hobby of mine. I, um, I only really wanted to be – my only real poker aspiration, once we all got serious about it, was to uh, feel like I knew what I was doing most of the time um, and to not lose so much that I didn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be able to be good enough. That's key to feel like I, you know, could, I could like, if I were, uh, you know, a baseball team, I'd be a 500 team, you know what I mean? So that I, 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 I wouldn't stress. Uh, and I, you know, I, I I keep track of my winnings. I just make sure I'm not going off the rails. But part of that is who's the, uh, one of the books I read, one of the poker guys I admire, who's very sober. Uh, I can't remember who it was. John Little? No. Who really actually goes into how you got to keep track and make sure, you know, you're playing at the proper stakes, given your 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 life stack that you're devoting to poker. Um, that's a lot of them. That's that's, you know. pretty yeah. there's somebody I really associate with that that I can't remember who I admired a lot. And once I took that to heart and played, you know, w- what I consider within my means, which I think is really important, then I could just enjoy it. So that's my really – because I enjoy it mostly as a social event. Sure.
1: Absolutely, which I think it is for the vast majority of people who play. You know, the, the professionals, the so-called winning players are a very, very, very small uh, percentage. I think what was – Really nice to see, and I think this extends to both the charity event that ran in the summer, Hank, but also with the latest home game that you just alluded to, is to see how many of these people do still enjoy poker because I think that there's a false perception, especially on this side of the Atlantic, that we had the boom era, right? We had poker was the thing that everyone wants to be a part of in the mid 2000s, and then maybe it kind of fell from grace slightly and now it's kind of like it's it's old news but it's great to see that there are still so many people in the entertainment industry particularly in america who still love the game and still play it on a regular basis yeah definitely i mean uh it's a real game i mean you know
2: it's it's you know it's uh i yeah the boom was you know i i became aware of it because of the boom really but uh it's a game worthy of uh, of love and and sticking with and something you can play into your old age and all kinds of things. and um, it's really competitive and it's so social, you know, uh, because most, you know, if you're playing right, you're only you're not playing too much, you're folding mostly, and sitting there and and just chatting with your friends. It's a great way. You know, men, right? Men can't just sit down and talk to each other. We have to be doing something else. And that's an excuse to actually then you know chat with each other. How's your life? How's it going? Yeah.
0: yeah. I always say that poker is so popular amongst men because it's a great way for men to spend a lot of time together without really getting to know each other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then even that happens accidentally, right? right? Nine times out of 10, you're talking about the ball game where you're just making stupid jokes. But then every once in a while, somebody comes in and with something real and you're like, oh, what's going on? And it creates context for people to actually get close. That's what I mean. Like I, I, I I realized years in that my poker buddies were my best friends because that's who I'm spending time with. Sure. Well, I've told you this before and, uh, but I do want to say for the podcast
0: audience, Brock Meyer is definitely an influence of mine doing poker commentary. Johnny (laughs) Kedge, our mutual friend, literally season one of the big game shows me that game changers, short film, um, while I'm in the booth trying to figure out who I am as a broadcaster, and I immediately took to this character, think Brockmire hilarious. Did you ever think <laughs> when you made that short that it was going to become a franchise? Uh,
1: first of all, I don't think Hank ever thought that it was going to influence people to want to actually be a commentator like that
2: <laughs> yeah so you, you get drunk and torture career at some point i'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yes every day <laughs> <laughs> um uh well you know what's funny Black. The, the short answer to your question is yes because i remember going to my agents like uh 15 years ago i always felt like because i do like voices and characters i felt like i I always I felt like I missed the boat because I never ended up on SNL, you know, and it was I was sort of it was too late for me to do that. I was too old, but I went to my agents and said, "Look, I have all these characters. What should I do with them?" They were like, "Oh, you know, Funny or Die. That's what they're created for. Go to them and and bring them a bunch of characters, and they'll uh, if they like one or two of them, they'll make a short and they'll pay for it." That's what we did. And I remember my agent actually saying, "Eh, who knows, maybe it becomes something you can develop into a movie or a TV show, but that never actually, that's always the plan and it never happens. And uh, with this, uh, that's actually what we did. I mean, it took many years, but that's actually, so that really
1: kind of was always the goal. Well, you alluded already to the the hanks home game the celebrity game and and i don't want to talk too much about it because people are going to get to see it very soon so i don't want any spoilers to be out there i want it to be the surprise and delight that i know it's going to be for everyone watching but here is one small spoiler at one point hank started commentating on the game with an english accent i don't know who he may have been impersonating there but what we do need to know is when are we going to see brockmeyer doing poker commentary
2: well, that could happen really at any moment. Uh, <laughs> that is an easy dream to have come true, James Hartigan. <laughs> if you notice, Brockmire has to always call people by their full names. I don't know why broadcasters do this. Baseball players do it. But, um, yeah, we can we can have a special Brockmire section where Brockmire uh, that
1: a hand. Oh, why not? Bro- <laughs> Brockmire breaks down a hand. has to be a thing. I mean, it's like the, the, the world's crying out for it.
2: Yeah, I'll get my team of writers on it.
0: I I have a million more questions for you. We have a dumb game. We got to play with you. But one quick one before we get to it. Exactly how many trainers did you have before Ray Donovan? Because you are absolutely. And did you
2: request to be
0: naked in that show? Because if I looked like you, I'd be like, I need to be naked in everything.
2: I'm just, I've gotten in very good shape for movies and TV shows like four or five times in my life. I'm just glad it, it gets documented, you know, <laughs> on, uh, I used, we used to say film. Now we say digital. Um, but I, I, did it for a couple of roles and then, uh, now I, I, that's, I, I'm, I'm also addicted to that. I, I always, I always work. I did. So I, I was basically in that shape for Radon always running or lifting or doing something. Well,
0: congratulations, because that is something to aspire to, especially you did age yourself quite literally before. Uh, so congrats <laughs> on that. All right, here's our dumb game. It's called user illusion Two. and did you know, Hank area, Hank area uh, that there are user generated reviews on the internet movie database anyone's allowed to post a review of a movie of a TV show.
2: Well, uh, that's the world we live in. So <laughs> sure. Opinions Great. are like assholes. Dot, dot, dot. Exactly. Everybody. Yeah. That's I, a much better description for this game. What I I'm going to do better than the days when I did not know what every human being thought of me.
0: Anyway. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to know a few more today. Cause what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a review generated by a user in an internet movie database and give you choices as to which of your films or TV shows they are describing. All are right. you ready?
2: Sure. Okay.
0: Here is a movie, question one. Here is a movie that is difficult to predict where it is going to go, but oh, what a ride as it gets there. I may be the only person in the world who didn't think something about Mary, Sorry, keyboard is broken and won't capitalize consistently. Wasn't funny, so I thought this movie was much better done, especially with the toilet humor. Excellent performance by Hank Azaria. I didn't recognize him. Was it Along Came Polly, Night at the Museum, Dodgeball, or Tower Heist?
2: It wasn't in Tower Heist. We can eliminate that one. Uh, I knew it was going to be a Ben Stiller movie because they compared it to something about Mary. Because they didn't recognize me, I'm going to eliminate Dodgeball. So it's going to be either Along Came Polly or... uh, I'd say it's
1: probably Along Came Polly.
0: Along Came Polly is correct. One for one. I
1: would would say, Hank, just because you weren't in a movie, I wouldn't eliminate that from contention because you're assuming (laughs) that the audience knows who people are. True, sure, but he seemed to respond
2: to me in the movie. It'd be weird <laughs> if he watched Tower Heights and imagined me in it. So. <laughs> I just thought you are a Gabori Cineve.
0: Uh, review number two. In just a few episodes, this show has renewed my faith in today's television. TV is getting creative again and it doesn't involve eating bloody gasoline-soaked pig rectums or a reality show about being on a reality show because you were the winner of a dumb reality show. It's a little melancholy, A little mysterious and sharp-witted it's one of the best shows on tv right now and definitely the best on showtime
2: is it i know it is already you don't have to give me choice oh go ahead oh well no wait Uh, let me hear the choices Uh because i wanted to is it ray donovan is it
0: brockmeyer is it huff or is it imagine that
2: (laughs) uh it's either huff or ray donovan I would say, see, I want to say Huff because it sounds like they're talking about Huff, but that doesn't, they weren't really user reviews then, so I'm going to say Ray Donovan. Huff is correct. Oh, okay. I didn't I want to pick a show that you for, weren't that you weren't uh, like the main character of anyway. I, I guess yeah.
1: I, I see, been. the problem is I'm immediately throwing a curveball because when they say definitely the best show on Showtime, I'm immediately thinking, I bet it wasn't even on Showtime. Right. Cuz yeah, yeah, unfortunately but... that's my general kind of perception of I I, of I ran this quiz yeah. on my girlfriend
0: and her answer was Brockmire and we were literally watching it and I pointed at the screen and it says I have seen the yeah. corner and she still said showtime.
2: Okay. I only know the shows by what never the shows that I'm on can I identify the network cuz otherwise who the hell knows you just yeah. just DVR Search it, it, right? you put yeah. it on, yeah.
0: <laughs> Review number 3. This I got to take a deep breath on this one. It is one of the best movies and one of the best 3D movies. You will enjoy watching this amazing movie. It is a super movie. It is the perfect family film. This is the best animated movie. You and your family will enjoy this laugh out loud movie. Okay, it goes on like that for a while. Last line is, it is a funny, funny movie. It is one of the best family movies ever made. It is an amazing movie. Have a great day, everyone. Was it Happy Feet (laughs) 2? The Smurfs, The Simpsons, or Tuesdays with Maury?
2: (laughs) I mean, 3D, I don't don't think I did a 3D
1: movie. Yeah, but what they do, Hank, is they post-convert a lot of them to try and make more money and sell tickets at a higher price.
2: You know, that was so inane that I'm (laughs) going to say that it was the Smurfs.
0: The Smurfs is correct. Yeah. (laughs) Question number four. I'm a little worried about this person. I feel sabotaged when my mother reveals that she thinks this show perfects American culture perfectly but it's just a line of dumb sentences parodying everything we love int to and bad before among citizens What?
2: this oh, <laughs> well first of all I'm, is it I'm glad this person didn't like my show whatever it was because they seem <laughs> ridiculous but go ahead is yeah.
0: it The Simpsons Herman's Head Hop or The Grand?
2: It's either The Simpsons or Herman's Head. I, uh,
1: the Simpsons. Simpsons is correct. Yeah. Can I just point out that IMDB is owned by Amazon? Surely Jeff can afford to pay some <laughs> sub-editors to clean up these reviews. You know, you must look on social media.
2: I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a jungle. Literally, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a swamp. It's, really it's not a jungle. It's a swamp. <laughs> Uh,
0: question five, this is a simple comedy and should not be picked apart by the historical inaccuracies. The same goes for the point that everyone in this sp- story speaks the same language. Just give it some liberties and have fun. Is it Godzilla, Anastasia, Gear One, or Tales from the
2: Crypt? Year One? Year One is correct. We have two left, and they're short. I'm almost, uh, if I didn't screw up the Huff one, if I trusted my
0: first instinct. You're running pretty
1: golden here, I have to say. You're
0: running pretty golden. This one is the most beautiful piece of cinematic art I have ever seen. Was it? (laughs) The Birdcage. Pretty Woman. The music video for Smash Mouth's (laughs) All-Star. Or Heat.
2: That's got to be heat.
0: It was actually written about Smash Bells. <laughs> <laughs> music video. Oh, wow! Wow! And one last one here, Hank. I was reluctant to uh, to include any negative reviews, but this one was too good.
2: It's just three words: baseball should sue. That's got to be Brockmar. Brockmeyer is correct. (laughs) I take that as a compliment, but... I think so, too. Five (laughs) for
0: seven. Hank Azaria, thanks so much. You're a great sport. Love having you on, man.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Thank you very much, Not just on
2: this, but in the whole PokerStars universe there.
1: It's a universe? It's a galaxy. It's it's, it's, it's (laughs) a galaxy. (laughs) It's it's, it's a universe. The universe is bigger than a galaxy, right? It's a universe, and you're part of it, and long may that continue. (laughs) <laughs>
0: also i've run out of celebrities i can hit up to be on the show so if you can rope, rope in a few more for me i would appreciate it
2: <laughs> well hopefully the uh, home game will create a conduit for that let's hope so see yeah. you soon thanks guys
0: so hank has a home game and i play in a home game and that
1: is called a segue people i like it joe that was seamless that was smooth
0: now, look, I only feel like we need to keep up with the home game stuff because I talk about it every week. So now I have to talk about it every week. <laughs> I would just like to let you guys know that I'm now a home game meme.
1: What does that mean? That, oh, what, you're like the, the, like the dog sitting in the burning house saying, this is fine.
0: Yes. Um, now, some of the people I play with are understandably very annoyed at all the complaining I do and i tell him oh.
1: i wish joe i don't even play in your game and i'm fucking annoyed about it
0: right however i've gotten some um justification some some uh, just some gratification from the fact that now when anyone gets bad beat they're be- they get told they're running stapletonian
1: oh that was a very
0: stapletonian beat
1: you just Okay, done. because I have used the expression in the past running like Stapleton to refer yes. to someone who's losing flips or just getting it in good and getting one-outed. But a Stapletonian result, yeah. I like that. I like it's that weird. a lot. It goes like, this, like, oh, oh, that was Stapletonian. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Guys, we need to make this a thing. This needs to become part of Poker Lingo. This, <laughs> you know, along with flopping a total Bagolino... This is something That's that we right. can contribute to the poker vocab.
0: Look, we just have to drive it into the ground like we've done with every other thing. We can make it happen.
1: Yeah, sometimes I forget the Bagolino, though. That's one that we you know, we need to bring back every now and then because I forget that we invented it. Genuinely. I know that we take credit for inventing a lot of shit that we just stole from other people, but total Bagolino is ours.
0: When you're watching our next live stream, remind us, Bagolino. Yes. Okay. I do have a hand history, though. This is okay. a really
1: good one. This is
0: great. All right. Uh, This is like a 24-person tournament. We're down to the final seven. Five get paid. I am second in chips with 46,000 at 501K.
1: And I don't need the human calculator to tell me that that is a 46 big blind stack.
0: Exactly. Now, the player who is first in chips has like 46,100. Okay. So it's relatively shallow at this stage. Technically, I am... Second and chips. We're basically tied.
1: Okay. Uh, I am on the button, and I have pocket fours. Okay. The sailboats. Correct. The sailboat's Not one of ours, that by the way. That, that's, that's an old school one. Under the gun folds. Right. Under the gun plus one, min raises. Okay. The cutoff calls. Yep. The hijack calls. I call. Hold on a second. The hijack is before the cutoff. So does the does the cutoff call out of turn, or have you just got the wrong way around in your notes? I just wrote it the wrong way. They, okay. two two players call. Okay,
0: I call on the button. Okay,
1: getting a good price. Yep. Yeah. The small
0: blind calls, leaving herself twenty five hundred behind. Okay. The big blind, the only player, who has me covered. The chip leader makes it five k.
1: Right. So it was two k. It's now become five k. Right, okay.
0: So I'm thinking, all right, maybe I'll get the odds to call. And I do.
1: Well, the only, because you're effectively last to act, right? Because the small blind has to call all in. And in fact, it's going to be under Cannot reopen the action. Right. So if under the gun plus one calls, if the hijack and the cutoff call, you are absolutely getting a good price to call with fours here.
0: There's one caller before me. I call small
1: blind shoves. well, calls all in effectively, right?
0: right uh, exactly small blind shoves then it goes call, call, you know, call three now we're four ways to the flop, one player all in, right. The flop is five, four, three suits. Uh, I do not remember there being a flush draw.
1: okay, but so basically kind of a, ra- a probably a rainbow board, but straighty. I mean, look, I, I don't know what you're about to say. My personal view is that this stack depth, in this situation, I'm going for it.
0: The big blind does me a favor. The guy that has me covered bets 12K. Wow. So I can easily ship the rest in. Absolutely. I shove So the, the cutoff folds. Sorry, the, the other color folds to the 12K. I shove... The guy that has me covered calls with king, king, pocket kings. It comes brick, brick. I win 100K pot, cruise my way to victory. So it was- Just kidding. I'm only kidding. A king came on the turn and I
1: bubbled. I stone bubbled
0: in sixth place.
1: You told me it was a thinly veiled brag, but actually you then changed the ending. Which and one And that's was how you
0: tell a story. Take that storyteller- Yes, we had a few weeks ago. So,
1: so genuinely, you got it in with a set against an overpair, and a king came on the turn.
0: Yes, and not only... And I stone-bubbled the tournament.
1: Okay. Because All the right. small,
0: the short stack went out, and I went out in, uh, in sixth
1: place. Okay, Sorry, okay. Fifth place. Sure. However, again, and I know that this is going to become tiresome, the more I say it. In terms of playing results, what more can you do there? You played the hand as well as you could. And... I actually would be very critical of the big blinds play in that hand. I actually think that the three bet pre was too small and in making it that small and inviting multiple players into the pot, you are asking to get out flopped in a situation like you did with hitting a four and on that board, if you're going to get it all in with Kings anyway, you should have put more in pre. But I know that doesn't help you in that particular situation, Joe.
0: I, I totally agree with you. The only criticism I would have is that everyone should play every hand against me because it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter what okay. you have. Okay. It doesn't matter what you need. You will get there.
1: Uh, Talking of your car crash hands, by the way, we have referenced already that we streamed the Sunday Million day two this past Stable Monday. Time. And what a hand to finish it. Three-way action – No heads-up battle on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Jacks, Queens, Kings. Those were the three hands in play here. And Kings, despite the fact that they had lost a lot of pots, despite getting it in good over the course of the day, held. And Kings won the Sunday Million. Um, I have to say, I think these streams are a lot of fun. I think it's fair to say that they are going to be a regular fixture. The viewership continues to be strong. I, I guess I underestimated the appetite there was, Joe, for people watching the Sunday Million on a weekly basis. The the numbers of people who are watching is really
0: surprisingly big. Yeah. Uh, way bigger than I would have expected. Bigger than we've had for other things that should have had bigger numbers than this. Yeah. So it's a little confusing.
1: Yeah, but hey, look, I like the vibe. I think they're fun streams. They're quite laid back. We talk about a lot of other stuff, which we then repeat on this podcast so apologies if we do that Um, we'll say that Nick Walsh is going to be handling proceedings on Monday the 21st but we will be back for the following four Mondays because of course it's the blowout series and then once that concludes at the end of January we'll see where we go but I think through a combination of me and Joe and the various streamers that Stars has got on the roster I think you can expect those Sunday Million streams to be a regular thing every week and of course we like to give you our loyal podcast listeners the chance to win free entry to the said Sunday Million So let's say hello to this week's superfan we welcome to the podcast paul andrews greetings paul
0: hi there guys paulie buddy what's happening <laughs> hey tell us about you are you a person of interest or what
3: <laughs> i heard your little uh your little blurb about it previous week about being your grandma or everyone's grandma's favorite show Was like oh goodness me Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know what to make of that. That's okay.
0: Hey, look, we all like different weird things. What I want to know is about you personally. <laughs> what happened to you in your life that made you enjoy? A person of interest.
3: Oh, it's going to get worse. Once I to tell you what I do, I'm actually I, I live in Watford, which, for your benefit, Joe if you don't know, it's just outside London. Um, I used to use Watford as a joke so... in my
0: stand-up act, but go on.
3: Oh, fantastic. I'm a, I'm a podiatrist, so to, to make things worse, I look at feet all day for a living. So, Wow. Um, you're a fucking yeah, doctor, man. True.
0: Don't downplay it. In America, <laughs> you would be dining out on that shit. In England, when you're not allowed to be proud of anything, you're like, oh, I'm a podiatrist. In America, you would just be like, I am Dr. Andrews.
3: Thank you. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's our modesty and our downplaying, isn't it? That's how we, that's how we do things.
1: So, outside of living in Watford, being a podiatrist and liking the TV show Person of Interest, what else can you tell us about <laughs> yourself, Paul? Uh,
3: I'm, a, I'm a sports fan of all sorts, a big football fan. I like my music, love my music, playing, singing, listening, uh, especially a bit of country music. Um yeah, love my TV and movies, and then I listen to you every week and think, yeah, I don't know movies at all. So, <laughs> uh,
1: how long have you been listening? I guess the the, the broader question should be, how long have you yeah. been a poker fan slash player? Do
3: you love us? So, funny enough, about three years ago, a friend of mine uh, asked about playing a home game, and I'd never played a hand of poker in my life. Um, but I joined in anyway, read up on the rules, and then I basically from that day on binge watched everything on YouTube with you two guys. And then listen to your whole back catalogue of this podcast as well. Wow. So for the last three years, it's pretty much been it's been a, an intense learning curve. I was going to say that, that tracks because there's like
0: 200 episodes of Person of Interest. Also, <laughs> yeah.
1: you like things yeah, so, that exist know. in a large number. Lots of hands on YouTube, yeah. lots of podcasts, lots of episodes of this <laughs> TV show. Um, from what you were saying just there, Paul, you certainly qualify. That super Fandom, but I'm interested, why did you pick this particular show? And, spoiler alert, I've never seen a single minute of it, and Joe, even though I tipped you off that this was coming as a specialist subject, I'm guessing you haven't watched a single second of it either.
0: I, I've seen it in the past, like one or two episodes. Oh, okay. This is the one with Jim Caviezel, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've seen it, but that was a long time ago, and no, I did not brush up at all.
1: Okay. So so why this show, Paul?
3: Um, I mean I got someone recommended it, like you say, a lot of people have seen bits of it and someone recommended it. So I started watching it. Um, kinda got hooked on it a few like four or five years ago, and then just started re watching it in the last kind of six months or so and not long finished it and it was on the top of my head and really wanted to get involved in the show, so yeah.
1: Well, as per usual, I dumped this on our former intern, Patrick. So he's watched a few episodes. I think some of the early episodes, I guess I should have tipped you off, Joe, that if you just watched the first half of the first season, you'd probably be in a good place to be competitive in this quiz. Nah. Uh, but as things stand, usual format, usual rules apply. I don't think there are any bonus questions. just the 10 standard questions with multiple choice options. And Paul, as our guest, as our super fan, you get to choose first.
3: Uh, Number, well, I'll say the famous words. It's always coming seven.
1: Number seven, because it's always coming seven. Uh, What piece of information does the machine give about persons of interest? Uh,
3: It's the social security number.
1: It is for two points. I would have said fit their favorite color. (laughs) That would not have been one of the multiple choice options. I double checked. (laughs) Joe, you can have anything other than seven. Hey, let's take it back to the beginning. Give me question number one. Okay, uh, so this question relates to the very first episode of Person of Interest, or what's known in the television industry as The Pilot. Uh, what is the name of the person of interest in aforementioned pilot? Get any of the choices. <laughs> okay, is the person of interest Zoe Morgan, Diane Hanson, Joss Carter, or Jessica Arndt? Charles Carter. No, it was Diane Hansen. The more you know.
3: Would you have known that, Paul? I don't know. Son I of I probably a bitch. would have taken a stab, but yeah. It's God damn it. Question, it kind of vagueness to the question, but yeah.
1: Don't worry, Joe. There is a gimme that I'll make sure that you get, because otherwise <laughs> I think you're going to put up a massive egg on the board. Uh, anything other than one or seven, Paul, for your second question?
3: I'd take a Five. These. number
1: five uh what is the name of the dog that harold finch and john reese rescue and keep
3: so my uh it's bear it is Bear. Uh, yeah my my girlfriend's a dog fanatics so every time he comes on the screen bear it's Bear.
1: oh um <laughs> joe uh what question would you like next number four maybe what question i'll take I'll take my lucky number four. Okay, number four. Who created the show, Person of Interest? Jonathan Nolan. Correct. For two points, you're on the board. Well done, but you still trail by a score of four to two. Uh, What number would you like next, Paul? Uh, Two, please. Question number two. The show takes place mainly in which city? New York City, I believe. New York City in New York State, and you have six points in your column. Joe, three, six, eight, nine, or ten? I will go with my true lucky number, nine. Number nine. What is the name? Or what is the name of the actor who plays John Reese?
0: I'll take the choices, please.
1: You. I'm going to give you a big clue here. This, this actor has been mentioned already. Jim Caviezel. It is Jim Caviezel <laughs> for two points. Wow, it's closer than you would have thought. Six, four. Uh, so what have we got? Three, six, eight, and ten, Paul. Penultimate round.
3: I'll take number ten, please.
1: Number ten. What's, what is the name of the person of interest in the second episode, which is titled Ghosts? I'll
3: have to take the options on that one.
1: Okay, is oh, what it... what a loser. I guess you don't know this show at all. Is it <laughs> Alicia Corwin, Grace Hendricks, Jessica Arndt, or Teresa Whittaker? Uh,
3: only one name rings a bell, but I don't think she's the person of interest in any episode. So I'll go for the final name you said. I can't remember which name you said.
1: Teresa Whitaker was option D.
3: Yeah, I'll go to
1: uh, And that go. is correct for a single point. Wow. Joe, your penultimate question: three, six, or eight. Jessica Aunt. Um, eight. Uh, it would be great if that was an option with every single question, right? <laughs> what is the name of Fusco's corrupt friend killed by John Reese in the pilot episode? Do you know what? This quiz is making me want to watch this show. <laughs> I I think I know this one, but I'll take the choices. Is it Carl Elias, James Stills, Raymond Turney, or Michael Dreyer? Raymond Turney. No, it was James Stills. Why did you think you knew that? I was just
0: trying to make it more interesting.
1: Oh, (laughs) thanks for that. (laughs) Final question. Um, You have... Actually, not necessarily a, a guaranteed win here. Uh, let's see what happens with the final question. Three or six, Paul? Uh,
3: six, please.
1: Question six. Harold Finch originally ran the machine from which type of building?
3: Um, originally, I assume you mean the library. It was the library, yes, for
1: two points. Um. Joe, this is an exercise in futility, but I'm going to give you question three anyway. Who helped Harold Finch invent the machine? His friend. Thank you. And their name was? Uh, i need the choices. Was it Lionel Fusco, Nathan Ingram, Charlie Burton, or Carl Elias? I like uh, Fusco. It's a good name, right? It was Nathan Ingram, so you don't get any points there, but you did manage to score four points by being guided towards the easier questions. But with a score of nine points, Paul, you are a winner. You have triumphed in this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. That means we will reward you with a $109 Sunday Million ticket. Plus, of course, we'll let you pick a t-shirt from the Poker in the Ears range.
3: That's fantastic guys. Thanks very much. I, I mean, Joe, you had, I think it was about 103 episodes to brush up on I oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't quite have
0: that time on my hands. Almost though almost if it weren't for the ps5 coming out i might have caught you
1: i don't know i do think that paul has absolutely hit upon the recipe for success in superfan versus states pick a tv show that you kind of know that has so many episodes joe's never going to go near it and even a little bit of knowledge is going to get you across the line uh paul thanks very much for giving up your time today thanks for coming on the show yeah
3: thanks very much absolute pleasure thank you
0: All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up on next week's show, nope, we'll smell you next year. We're going to be, look, there's going to be lots of me and James between now and then. Do yeah. not worry.
1: Yeah, we're going to be streaming the Blowout series, as previously referenced, twice a week for four weeks. Uh, we are going to be back, I think it's the 20th of, J- 21st of January is when it comes out. Episode 203 of the podcast, which will be our first episode of 2021
0: excellent so in the meantime you gotta do us a solid you gotta comment you gotta like you gotta subscribe you gotta apply to be a super fan and don't don't cheat like today's super fan (laughs) and just pick something you don't know you know i don't know anything about because i'm gonna start vetoing some of those also okay
1: Well, we've got a couple to discuss in just a moment. Uh, A reminder that we also accept guest suggestions and any comments, feedback, anything you want to say. Hashtag... Poker in the ears on Twitter. So here are the two lined up for the start of twenty twenty one Joe. I think we already mentioned that nineties grunge music is gonna be a topic. But bear in mind Patrick doesn't even know where to start with that, so he knows it. what the quiz will be like. So you may have seen there was a guy who came online and suggested the Larry Sanders show. Now, this is my view on that. I think you would do yourself a favor by getting to see that for the first time. Same. But I don't think you can be expected to watch the entirety. So how about this? We say yeah. season one of the Larry Sanders show is an acceptable scope to be a superfan subject.
0: Totally. I think also it's a lot to ask Patrick or whoever does the quiz, you uh, to, to use the entire series also. That's I may true. get past season one. It's a show I've always wanted to watch. Uh, I've started a couple times and just kind of forgotten. Great reason. Christmas gift to myself will be to watch uh, as much of the Larry Sanders show as, as I can. As they say in poker, James, I'm all in
1: fantastic and uh, that's just done for the year happy christmas happy new year and all that happy christmas happy new year let's blow up 2020 <laughs> with the
0: blowout series uh until january 21 until january 21 2021 Ooh, that is all the time we have got for this week's show for james Hardigan, i am joe stapleton smell you later